Welcome to Living Wisely, Living Well, timeless wisdom to enrich every day with Asha Nayaswamy, one of the spiritual directors of Ananda Palo Alto and a founding member of Ananda Worldwide. If you enjoy this content and are inspired by the teachings of Paramahansa Yogananda and his disciple Swami Kriyananda, find Asha on YouTube, Facebook, all podcast directories, and her website, ashajoy.org. Living Wisely, Living Well, February 12th. If someone insults or makes fun of you, thank him, even warmly, and say, I appreciate your reminder that I'm very far from perfect. Since perfection is what I hope to attain someday, I consider it a helpful reminder to be told I still have work to do. It's such a funny thing because the only thing that makes people's remarks offensive is that we take offense. (laughs) Otherwise, a person is just stating their point of view, and either their point of view is either correct or it isn't correct, and it's it's not created by their statement of it. They've just merely made a comment, as I say, that's either true or it isn't true. And, and it's interesting, if people, say some, say, if people say something to you that's negative, that has no basis in reality, someone walks up to you and say, I've figured out your secret and I really know that you're an alien species who've come to our planet to try to take over our city, there's not much of you that's, or none of you that says, no, no, it isn't true. Why do you speak to me like that? I'm so sincere. I mean, it just like, you just don't even, like, why would I even react to that? Because it's just completely out to lunch. So the, the very fact that there is any inclination to, to react in a negative way to someone that speaks to you and describes some aspect of your nature it just inherently, that means that you feel you have something to protect. Either to protect um, the secret that you don't want anyone else to know, to protect your vulnerability, um, that you know that you're weak in this area, and when they point it out to you, it's like ripping the Band-Aid off and you know, rubbing salt into your wound, whatever it might be. But there's something in it for you, or else you don't respond at all. And if it's true... As I was saying, it's not created by this person's perception. It just is. And it's not made worse by their perception. It just simply is. So the question is, what is the most practical and helpful response? And here's what Swami is suggesting, is that we thank them. Well, how very kind of you. I appreciate, I appreciate your wanting to help me in this particular way. Or by laughing, it's like, yeah, <laughs> you know, like so... I'm not really very good at this. Like, did, did we not know this? Of course we know this. This is just the way we are. If I, I, I had this wonderful, spontaneous, and positive reaction to someone who came up to me. This was when I, I for the last 30-some years, I've been living in this Ananda community, and I'm, I'm more or less emeritus at the moment. I, I, get, I, I think of it like a professor who's emeritus, who gets to teach some graduate seminars if he wants to and still has library privileges and still has the convenience of his office but he doesn't have all the same responsibilities so I'm emeritus I'm still in residence and I still contribute but I have a more freedom than I did before but for a long time I was bottom line responsible and in the very early years I was the, certainly the primary voice 
And so not all the time, but most of the time when there was a public event, I was the voice. And somewhere in those early years when it was really, uh, when I really dominated the public forum, this man comes to me and just very seriously he sits down and says to me, you know, a lot of people find you inspiring, but, but I don't find you inspiring. By the grace of God, he's a good friend of mine. I don't know what possessed him to say it, but it did. I just looked at him. The first thing I felt was I felt so much compassion. I said, oh, you poor man. I, I said, I talk all the time. You're just always having to listen to me. It must be awful for you. <laughs> and he was so, I don't know what he was trying to accomplish and I don't know what he expected me to say, but that was not what he expected me to say. And he just looked completely disconcerted and sort of like dropped the whole topic and then we had just a wonderful visit together. Like, what am I supposed to say? I had another man come. This was like a little period of time when Divine Mother was playing with me. His was also, he was a little meaner. He, he was really trying to get me, but he just said, you know, you can help people up to a certain point, but after that, really, you're not much help. <laughs> Again, I said, and? It's like, that's why we have gurus. You know, I'm just the doorkeeper. And yes, if it were, if you were depending on me, you would be in a lot of trouble. Please don't depend on me. It was like, he was just telling me a fact. He was acting as if he was like giving me the bad news, but, you know, I, I was also there. I knew what the reality of it was. He, he, it didn't end as nicely with him because he just he was trying for some reason to get to get some kind of power over me, but I didn't care. It didn't make any difference. Now the third one. What was the third one that was also really fun? Oh yes, someone came to me also and said, um, just basically that I was a pretty terrible leader, and that you know I was just not doing a good job of the responsibilities I had. My response, again, these were all God-given, I have to tell you, because I can be plenty defensive. I want to put this in. So I'm just giving you my successes. He said that to me, you're not a very good leader. I said, do you think if I knew how to do this job, I would still have to do it? Because that was how I felt it too. No, you're absolutely right. I'm not very good at this. You know, every day is like a big learning while we try to do it better. Once I'm perfected it, why would God leave me here to keep doing it? So it's, it's, these are examples, and I have to, as I told you, they were God-given. I didn't like seek it out and think about what to say, but people told me the truth, and it was a truth that I knew, and we were just, there we were. I, I did know that some people find me inspiring, <laughs> so fortunately more people did like to hear me talk than didn't. I mean, so we were able to build the whole center because people would come to listen. They, they had free will. It wasn't like they were trapped. It wasn't like the army or something where they you know, were ordered to appear and they had to listen to me. If they came, I presumed that they wanted to be there. So I could kind of count on that. But these are just truths. Why, why react? It just was what it was. And of course, the capacity to perceive yourself honestly is also a very important um, spiritual practice. To be able to, to just stand in whatever our strengths and our weaknesses are. I, I struggled for a long time uh, with false expectations of myself. Just 
uh, I, I read in a psychology magazine once, they called it perfectionist script for self-defeat, which is you set for yourself a standard you can't possibly reach, and then you always get to fail, which was a syndrome that I understood quite well. I didn't realize it actually until I read it. But I, I finally realized that I just thought that I was better than I was. It's just like somehow in my mind, I decided that there was this level of perfection that was possible for me. And it wasn't possible for me. So as a consequence, I always got to fail. I always got to feel inadequate. But I wasn't inherently inadequate. I was just inadequate compared to this false idea I had. It was sort of like, uh, you know, just like an anthill thinking it ought to be Mount Everest. And every day, you know, getting out the yardstick and seeing that it was shorter than Mount Everest, and therefore it was inadequate as an anthill. It just, it was, it was a fine anthill. It just was never going to be Mount Everest. And I was playing that in a very complicated way in my mind. And then one day, well, the syndrome was, I kept thinking if I kept bullying this one, then at a certain point, she would say, ha ha, and she would go away and she would bring the other one out of the closet, and then the perfect one would be there all the time. But I found that no matter how, I, how much I insisted, she never did that. I'm talking about myself in that way. And it finally crossed my mind was that this was it. I, and Swami Kriyananda once, when he was working with this woman who was chronically insecure, just chronically insecure, always, and she would as she herself put it, for years, Swami Ji counseled her on essentially the same issues. And every time it gave her the same response, you can do it, you can do it. And finally he, he, he suggested, he said, just for the sake of experiment, he said, let's assume that everything you fear might be true about yourself is true. Let's just assume that you really are as uh, terrible as you think you are. He said, and let's just settle into that as reality and then see what we can do from there. So I think it helped her a little bit, but it really helped me later on because that's what I realized to do. Just, you know, everything that I'm afraid might be true, just let it be true. And then what's left? And what was left for me (coughs) was that I was a pretty nice person. You know, I, I would not ever set the world on fire with my greatness in any, any arena, but I was a pretty nice person. I liked people, I was generous, I could be serviceful, I was a pretty good friend. You know, I just, I wasn't mean-spirited, I was a pretty nice person. And I thought, that's not nothing. And then from that point, everything else was extra. And it didn't cure me overnight, but it definitely tilted the board in my favor from that point because then when other people would either you know accuse or declare or attack it's like that was fine because nobody could say I wasn't a pretty nice person (laughs) because I was that was like my my solid ground Sister Gyanamata who's Master's most advanced was Master's most advanced woman disciple talked about it from the point of view of spiritual faith. I mean, it's, it's not dissimilar because faith in God is also related to faith in yourself. She said, you have to ground your spiritual life in something 
about which you have absolutely no doubt. She said, in, in the way, and I've, I've extrapolated from her first statements, but this is how I've come to use it, and I use it in my own life, and I advise others. You know, we can go way out here and like, you know, I only want God, I'm here for liberation, nothing in this world matters to me, I want to overcome all my attachments. There's a chant that we have, I want only thee, Lord, thee, only thee. And I can sing it, that's the only words in it. But sometimes when I sing it, my subconscious mind basically says, who are you kidding? <laughs> you know? And so it's like, it's an affirmation, but the affirmation is too far beyond what I know to be my reality, and even as I affirm it, my subconscious mind um, rejects it. And so it actually strengthens my weakness rather than causing me to transcend it, because the gap is too big. I, I myself can't believe it. And so when we, we base our spiritual life on something that's too far beyond our actual experience, we're always a little bit insecure. We have to get defensive, we have to get tense because we know that we're standing on shaky ground. So you have to back it up to where you can really stand. You know, I've always had tremendous faith in Swami Kriyananda. That's a place I can stand. I have also had tremendous faith in the fact that I'm quite sincere in what I do. I'm not doing this to make a good impression on anyone. Nobody told me to do this. This is just, this is actually alone on the planet. I would still be essentially devoted to this way of living. It's absolutely sincere with me. Am I good at it? Perhaps not. <laughs> you know, that, that, but that's irrelevant. I'm very sincere in what I'm doing. So no one can ever take that away from me. They can tell me that I'm lousy in a hundred thousand ways, but they can never accuse me of being inauthentic because it's just not true. And so we need to make our comfort in life something that no part of us doubts. And then when people point out the rest of it to us, or they, if, they, if they go to that core thing, but they can't really shake you in that, then you can just stand there calmly. It's definitely something worth practicing. And it's a long practice. It took me years from the first, when I first saw what I needed to do, just step by step to, to get myself to a place of, of a firm foundation. Um, but God will help you because it's the, it's the direction of truth. So let's see again what Swami has to say to us. If someone insults or makes fun of you, thank him, even warmly, and say, I appreciate your reminder that I'm very far from perfect. Since perfection is what I hope to attain someday, I consider it a helpful reminder to be told I still have work to do. Joy to you, my friends. Our work is made possible by inspired listeners, so if you feel to support Asha, you can make a one-time donation, or for unique members-only content, subscribe through Patreon. Blessings and thank you.